When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, if you're looking to have some fun in the Denver area this week, AEG Presents is thrilled to announce Burt Kreischer with Mark Norman live at Red Rocks Amphitheater September 8th. Wednesday, it's coming up very soon right here in this year of 2021, right around the corner. You got to check these guys out. They're absolutely hilarious. Red Rocks is the best venue in the world. It's a match made in heaven. If you haven't heard of them before, do a quick Google search, a little YouTube search for Burt Kreischer. He's absolutely hilarious. You've probably seen him on Number of Shows or The Machine on Showtime, Comfortably Numb, uh, excuse me, Comfortably Dumb on Comedy Central, his podcast, Burt Cast and Open Tabs. Truly, truly a funny individual on his way up. You're out for some laughs this Wednesday, September 8th. Download the Red Rocks app today. Grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer with Mark Norman on September 8th. Again, that Red Rocks app, super useful for buying all your concerts or show tickets. Probably have that thing already installed on your phone, but if you don't yet, get it in there. Come hang out at Red Rocks on September 8th. For some laughs with Burt Kreischer and Mark Norman. All ages are welcome. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use your promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. What's happening, fellas? How we doing? Like we need a curtain for you to walk through and like some music to like some 70s or 80s game show. Me and yeah, I, I need all of that and more. Um, you know, it, it, that that intro kind of reminds me a little bit. I'm a big PTI fan. Pardon the interruption. And mm. when um, Frank, Phil, Phil and Frank fills mm-hmm. in for either Coinheiser or Wilbon, you know, they always give the the smattering of applause. So I felt I felt the love. There you go. PTI always had one of my favorite uh sign offs. I always loved him Kornheiser. It was so subtle and I felt like it went by people's ears 
so often, but I always loved at the end of every show when Tony Kornheiser would say, uh, we'll try to do better next time. I always loved it. That was a part of he would say, that's our show. We'll try to do better next time. We'll try, <laughs> yeah, we'll try to be better tomorrow. And, yeah. uh, and we'll go and see you tomorrow, knuckleheads. Uh, yeah, knuckleheads, yeah. So, now, hey, listen, they, uh, their chemistry is second to none. It's why they've been one of the longest-running shows on Broadway and um, and tremendously successful. So, yeah, I, I, I still I listen to them on a, on a regular basis. And here we've got one of the most successful shows off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. Yeah, we've got the DNVR Rockies podcast and the Drew Goodman podcast, but we're, we're working our way up the, up the ladder, yeah. I think. Well, being, uh, you know, you're from Jersey, I'm a native New Yorker, so um, I will say that you guys are off-Broadway, and I'm off-off-Broadway. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you're technically in Teaneck, New Jersey. Yeah. I'm in Teaneck, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm by the Paramus Mall. Uh, but you did have... Colorado kid. Now, full full disclosure, I haven't listened yet to this week's episode. So uh, why, why don't you just give us a little plug? I've been trying to sell a house the last couple of days. Still trying to sell this thing. But yeah, uh, yeah David Bodie, man, uh, great, great story uh, from this kid. And, and anyone who cares about Colorado sports is going to want to hear this one, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I think we're all partial. I can speak for you guys in this. Um, you know, this is you know, I've been out here 36 years, so I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, but I'm a Colorado. And I, I think you guys feel that way. Uh, well, you know, Drew, you're from here. So um, easier path for me. Yeah. <laughs> easier path, Western slope to Boulder. But um, I, I care a lot about our state in, in every aspect. And, and I take particular pride, again, as I'm sure you guys do, when um, we turn out baseball players in particular, any, any athletes or any, anybody who does anything noteworthy. Um, but, you know, baseball in particular, because I, you know, I have boys that, that, you know, playing college ball and all that kind of stuff. So I, I pay particular uh, attention to it. And David Bodie um, is one of the now many guys that are in the big leagues from, from our state. And his path is a fascinating one. And it is, I don't want to say it's the norm because it's really pretty wild, but there are more guys in the big leagues who weren't, you know, the first pick in the draft or, you know, a first round pick or somebody that was anointed pretty early as, Hey, this guy can't miss. And he's going to have a real shot at, at playing in the big leagues. So um, I, I think you'll enjoy that story. He's uh he's a great kid. He's a humble kid. He's um, and uh, you know, he's carrying the torch. Well, uh, as are many now for the state of Colorado. And, and he has an interesting perspective because, you know, he was with the Cubs, you know, recently in their glory years. And uh, now he looks around and, and he's like one of the senior citizens. Where did but, everybody go? <laughs> yeah, where did everybody go? But I think you'll really enjoy his, his path to the big leagues, man, because he literally went from looking like he was out of the game before the game even started after high school to, uh, you know, in a, in a really quick, short amount of time being a professional and not that long after being in the big leagues and not that long after getting a nice payday. Re it's really a fascinating story. Yeah. yeah, you were, no, you really got him to open up about that because I, I didn't know to, to the extent that it was. I mean, we know there are some guys like uh, uh, Sam Hilliard for the Rockies, for example, who, 
you know, maybe took a slightly unorthodox route, but ultimately played ball at a division one college bet on himself. And, you know, for the most part, it, it worked out. He's still making his way, but Bodie's journey, I think was even more off the beaten path and was, as you said, he was, you know, almost days away from getting, not getting a phone call or getting a, getting the wrong phone call. And there never would have been a David Bodie. So uh, that was cool hearing, you know, the details of that. And also, you know, who within the Cubs organization believed in him along the way, because just because you get drafted doesn't mean anything. Uh, we, we know that with a long list of, you know, thousands of players get drafted every year. And yet there's, there's maybe a couple hundred that even get to make their debut. Yeah, Patrick, I, I've remi- I'm reminded of so many stories along the way. I had Clint Barmas on, you know, not too long ago. And, and the story is the same even for Sully, Corey Sullivan, for, for Ryan Spielborg, certainly for Jeff Houston. These guys that weren't first-round picks, I mean, in the case of Huey, he was an undrafted free agent. Um, but, you know, these guys were in the seventh, eighth round, like Spilly and Sully and and, and going back to Clint Barmas when he came out of Indiana State, you know, I think he was an eighth round pick somewhere right around there. I mean, that's not a slam the gavel down. Oh, you're, you're going to get to the big league because we have so much invested in you financially. That's not the case. So you typically either have to really perform well. I mean, you, you have to perform well to get there. But you also a lot of times need a godfather, somebody who who has enough clout in the organization on the player development side to say, no, I know he's only hitting 235, but there, I'm telling you there's something special about this guy. I think he's going to be able to help us one day. Hang in there. And, and you heard it, Patrick, and, and you'll hear it through when, when you listen. You know, with David Bodie, he, it's a great story. He was within an eyelash of getting released. This is after the great story to even be a professional. And then he was within an eyelash of being released. And somebody who had enough clout said, "No, no, no, we're not getting rid of this guy." And and now he's been a you know a nice you know he's not a star, but he's a nice contributor, and he's a very versatile guy, and he's got a lot of toughness, and he's you know he's liked by that organization. Yeah, yeah. All right, so definite great story. I'm gonna go and listen. I'm gonna do everybody else should do because I'm gonna go and listen to it as soon as we're done here. You're probably listening to this on a podcast app right now where you can get the Drew Goodman podcast. So as soon as you're done with the show, just like I am, you go and uh, get a listen to that. And, and, and again, this year guys show, but you know me, I bounce around. I have my opinions. One of the other things I, I talked about, I, I got on my soapbox about was the booing. And I know you guys spent some time talking mm-hmm. about that, you know, last week with the Mets and, and maybe it's, uh, it's, it's spurred them on. Cause they, I don't think they've lost since they, the apologies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought that was, was interesting and and i did want to you know if i may just kick it around a moment with you guys um you know you heard me patrick and you've heard me before both you guys talk about i'm not a big boo guy um because i have such great respect for every player in the big leagues but it's not just that it's it it goes back to and i allude to this you know teddy roosevelt's uh you know great and impactful speech. I think it was in 1910 at the Sorbonne in Paris talking about the man in the arena. And if you're, if you're not familiar with the man in the arena speech, I won't regurgitate it to you, but the message basically is it is about the people that are in the arena competing, not the timid souls as he wrote that not, you know, no, not uh, no, neither victory or defeat because they're not in the conflict 
they don't have the courage or the talent to be in the conflict. And um, so it always bothers me when, yeah, we're all upset. Listen, uh, we, you, we, we were chatting a few minutes ago about uh, Colorado State football, and I pull hard for the Buffs, and I pull hard for the Rams. I got my start uh, in Fort Collins uh, doing college football and college basketball up there. I really pull hard for those guys. And it, it's tremendously disappointing seeing that they have these beautiful new facilities and they haven't performed well. And um, so I, I get that and I'm disappointed. But to boo the participants, I mean, they're trying their ass off. So um, I, I, that whole thing in New York, uh, bad, bad play by the players because you can't go back at the fans. But I'm never big on, on, on booing. Yeah, we, we had a similar you know conversation at the beginning of the week that it's fine for the players to do the thumbs down gesture to each other, like for them to have this little secret gesture that it means something to them. But as soon as you say, oh, by the way, everybody in here in the stadium, it's actually about you guys and we're, we're not happy with you. That's where you, you cross that line. And so... Yeah, uh, bad, bad luck. A couple bad looks by uh, this organization, and <laughs> a couple more even uh, as we go on. And yeah. they're, they're like, they're they're like a bad soap opera right now, Am right. I, right, Drew? I mean, they're bad I soap. Unbelievable. Someone, I I have to resist the temptation to do this on Twitter <clears throat> because the things are in very different categories. But every once in a while, someone who's super frustrated at the Rockies will tell me they're one of the worst run teams in baseball or the worst run team. And I got the worst run team in American sports the other day. And I would, I'd just been reading all this stuff about the New York Mets. And I just, I didn't know how to reply to this person in any kind of earnest way that wasn't, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, I get the Rockies have been frustratingly not as competitive as we would all like them to be. <laughs> but that is not the same as this circus of, nonsense where you've got fans chanting for the manager to get fired. You've got team presidents calling meetings. You've got a GM with the DUI situation. Now you, there's all before we even get back to Steve Cohen and, and his issues with, uh, you know, having bad environments throughout all the places that he's worked with, with regards to women and, and them not feeling comfortable. And so it's just like, what? <laughs> Any one of those things would be far worse than anything that's going on with the Rockies making a trade. You didn't uh, <laughs> or not, or not making a trade, right? Yeah. yeah, or not making a trade that you wanted them to, but to have all of those things going on at once. And, and I'm with you on the booing, man. Why are you booing your own team for anything other than a perceived lack of effort? Like I've always thought that was strange. I called out Rockies fans when they did it to Ian Desmond, and I got in some hot water for that. And I said, "Look, do you want him to play better or not? Because this isn't helping." <laughs> yeah. like, I, listen, I, we all get the disappointment. That's why I tried to analogize what what happened last night in Fort Collins. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ticked off, and I, you know, on Twitter I said, "Hey, it's it's very disappointing because they, um, you know, it, it's there's no other way to to describe it but embarrassing." But I'm not, you know, I, I I personally would never boo unless you saw as a fan just a blatant lack of effort, and you and you almost never see that with uh you know with an athlete especially a, a athlete really at any level um but beyond that yeah i get the disappointment i understand when fans were pissed off with the nolan deal absolutely understand that uh understand that that people are still upset about it and and upset that the team 
didn't build on 17 and 18 from their standpoint, that the team let DJ LeMahieu go. Bad move. Shouldn't have done it, right? It's, it, it is also easy to Monday morning quarterback things. I, I do, uh, you know, understand that as well. Uh, the Mets, and I think, Patrick, you had the perfect word there, the operative word in, in your, um, you know, synopsis of that situation a moment ago was secret. And uh, the, the players should have been more secretive in what that meant. Said, oh, it's an inside thing. It's too hard to explain. And, and you know, they could have probably kept doing it and it would have been their little thing. But once Javi Baez has been there for, you know, 10 minutes, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're giving the thumbs down. You know, I kind of talked about in my podcast, I won't regurgitate it here, about, you know, understanding the economic equation of why you make the money you make, too. So yeah. now I'm not a big booer, but that comes with the territory. And, and in the case of myself and Patrick, we're from that area. And guess what? If you don't perform well and you, you know, and you play for a New York team or a Philadelphia team or a Boston team, you know, a little edgier in the Northeast. And that comes with the paycheck. And you got to understand that. I may not like it. I may not. I, I may think it's, you know, not super appropriate, but they have that right. Yeah. As a fan, they have that right, as long as it doesn't cross a line, certainly. Um, and you better understand, if you're going to put your big boy pants on and pull a paycheck from the Mets or the Yankees or the or the football giants or the Phillies or the Flyers or the Red Sox, guess what? You may get your ass booed, and if you can't deal with it, call your agent and try to find them some you know mellower place in the country where if you have a tough day, they're not going to get after you. Shoot, I, I think I may have been booed in Little League and in, and in high school. I, I'm not sure, but that, hey, you just got to get used to it to a degree and go out there play and, and do better. That's it. Right. I know. I've, listen, I've seen it. Yeah, at the, at the amateur level, the high school level, I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's displaced anger, but uh, it exists. Get a, you bum? You get any of those? And, and you just, the you bum. bum? No, it's the bum. bum. The bum, D-A. I did. No, I'm, not, I, I'm trying. I, I heard it. I heard it a few times, and on the car ride home, my dad and I, we had the conversation. I'm like, okay, dad, you can't be calling me that. You know, here we are in public. And, and this was last, hey, Drew, this was last Tuesday for Patrick. No one went over three with three strikeouts, a little hat trick, but look, we all have a yeah. He still calls me a bum, but he he's listening to the podcast, so I can't hear him, but he'll, he'll tell me when we talk, so no, my – my dad's a good fan. Uh, well, the best companion for booing and calling people bums is, of course, Breck Brew. <laughs> that, that was one of your more difficult transitions, but well done. Well played. <laughs> Did my best there. Enjoy your Breck Brew responsibly, though. Be nice and chill with it. Don't, don't be screaming at people with it. Just have a couple of Breck Brews with your baseball watching experience. You know you can get a much bigger one and come down to the DNVR bar if you're a member of the family. Subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You'll get access to all the written content, constant discounts on hats and shirts. You get to come hang out with us on our Discord channel, just a private chat room where we're talking baseball 24-7, all the other sports, movies, television, what's going on out there in the world in life, what you're cooking, where you're skiing and snowboarding these days, all kinds of stuff. It's a whole lot of fun. We'll also send you a free shirt when you sign up for the annual today. So don't delay. I know a lot of people out there have been meaning to re-up their subscriptions. Time to get it done. Go to the dnvr.com and subscribe today. Our golf chat, too, has been blowing up lately. We had a nice yes. little tournament 
yesterday, in fact. Okay. So that that golf one uh, definitely gets a lot of activity too. If you need some tips or want some discount on some uh, some lessons and stuff like that, the, our community that we've got in the Discord is is a lot of fun and helpful. Yeah, golf guys are fantastic. Also fantastic, Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company. You know, it's my favorite. I just put in another order last night. You know why? Because I ran out because I ate all of the one that I got before. That's how it usually works. Order over 200 bucks like I do and you'll get free shipping. Use the promo code DMVR10. You'll get 10% off. Now, Wagyu beef, I'm telling you, folks, really could change your life. It's absolutely delicious. Really, really good stuff. And it's better for you. It's better for the animal. No hormones, antibiotics, any of that garbage. Better for the environment, better for your wallet. Go and check them out. I am not lying to you. The promotional deals they've got there, you load up on ground beef, ground chuck, especially the way I do, you're going to be spending less getting better beef that's better for you than you do at the grocery store. There's no reason to buy beef at the grocery store anymore. Go to Hassle Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. Don't forget to use the promo code DMVR10. Just look at all the stuff they've got. They've won awards for the quality of their beef. And I, I think sometimes that scares people off. They go, oh, then it must be really, really expensive. They must be like $40 steaks or something like that. They got plenty of $10 steaks on there. They got plenty of ground beef, ground chuck at like $4.99, sometimes $3.99 a pound. Like <laughs> go and check them out. I cannot recommend them more highly. I've still gotten zero negative reviews on these guys. 100% positive reviews. H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. All right, fellas, let's get into talking about last night's game, Colorado Rockies, with a, a heck of a couple of games here, honestly. You know, it was a good first game with the Braves coming back and, and getting that one. The Rockies take game two uh, behind a, a pretty fantastic performance out of Antonio Senzatella, especially when considering what was his second pitch of the game, left the ball yard. And uh, then after that, he manages just to cruise to seven very quality innings at Coors Field against this lineup, this Atlanta team. And, Goody, we continue to see the Rockies, no matter who it is, play extraordinarily well at home. Yes, and that's been the main question all of us receive quite a bit. I mean, I was uh, visiting yesterday with Chip Carey and uh, and Frenchy, uh, who does their broadcast uh, – you know, for, for the Atlanta Braves and uh, uh, Frank Core, by the way, Jeff Frank Core is Frenchy. I apologize. So um, I, I don't know how that, how that level of the press box can keep both Frank Core and Spielborgs together. I mean, those two in the same place. That, well, they're not, but they're not, because they're not traveling. You know, they're not traveling. So oh, that's true. That's right. Traveling. So we were, we, we had put, we had put a speakerphone you know, I put him on speakerphone. It was kind of funny. If you guys were in there, you'd been laughing because we were on for about 20 minutes. Uh, actually, both days we were um, comparing yeah. notes and stuff, but it uh, it got sideways at times. Anyhow, you know, the, the main question, though, when we're serious, and, and I get, again, I get this all the time, is how can the Rockies be so much better pitching? Forget the record. Um pitching at home versus out on the road. And that trend again continued last night, as you alluded to, where Senzatella was great. I mean, he gave up the home run to Ozzy Albies. And then he really, against a tough lineup, man, really good lineup. And and he tamed them more or less for seven innings. And I think he's throwing the baseball better than he ever has. And for me, it's pretty simple. And we discussed this at the top of the AT&T broadcast last night, is the slider. 
I mean, his slider has has depth to it. It is, as opposed to a below average offering, it is now a an above average offering, and the consistency of it is, is outstanding. So, you know, he's really he's really made, I think, a, a nice stride here uh, forward, which will be exciting going into next year. I mean, we've seen him good before, and then we see some uneven ones, and it's kind of, you know, he, he looks like a back of the rotation guy, where some good, some not so good, you know, a lot in between, but. We're seeing a lot of, you know, pretty good outings from from Sensatella uh, of late. Yeah, over his uh, last seven starts, 3.30 ERA. Um, and even if you think you throw out the previous one, he's closer to like a 2.5 ERA. Uh, and that's all since he came back from the IL. You know, he was, he was banged up there right around the All-Star break. And so he just keeps getting, you know, stronger and stronger. And the home run he did give up was his first in two months. Right, he hadn't given one up since that Cardinal series at the beginning of July, and I love that when he was asked about it, he he pulled off the top of his head. He's like, "Ah, oh, yes, that one to Goldschmidt." Like he remembered, you know, the last one because it had been so long. Um, and so that that's a huge stat, just the the ability to not give up the long ball. But I think he's also been reducing his amount of walks too, which is I think also you know one of those underrated stats for pitchers is just giving those free passes, especially since the game has been all about three true outcomes, you know, you can rack up a bunch of strikeouts, but if you're walking a batter and then giving up a home run, shoot, that can be two runs every single inning. So I think that's been another thing is, is just his overall command uh, of the strike zone, I think has been key for his success as of late. Yeah. He, he has a sub 2.0 walks per nine innings, which is outstanding. Uh, uh, especially as you point out, if you're going to pitch half your ball games at Coors field. So, uh, yeah, you know what? So he gives up a solo home run to Ozzy Albies. The old line about solo home runs typically typically aren't going to beat you. Um, you can't you can't add traffic. It's been an issue for the bullpen uh, the last several years, um, and uh, you know at times certain guys in the rotation. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sens has been great, man. Been really good to see. As a lot of you know, I've been sort of obsessed with the history of the Rockies and the ERA plus and OPS plus and these like who's doing what. And you look at the history of the Rockies, it's a short list of guys who have five years pitching in Colorado with an ERA plus over league average. And they're all the names you would think when you think who are the Rockies pitchers who've managed it. All right. Let, I mean, let's throw them at Aaron Cook, Jorge De La Rosa. Pedro Estacio, Jimenez didn't stick around long enough. He he dominated, but he didn't stick around long enough. And now you're starting to add Marquez and Gray. So those are the guys we know, right? And they tend to be, but Antonio Sensatella is about to put up his fourth year of doing that already at age 26. He's been 108, 108. He had a down year in 2019 with the 77. He had a great year in 2020 with the 152. And he's at a 114 right now. So going into his age 27, he's likely to be able to join that list of guys. And again, you don't think of Sensatel in that class, and, and you shouldn't. He's not Pedro Estacio or Aaron Cook or Jorge De La Rosa yet. But in terms of his consistency, at least his floor has kept him at, you know, at the very least you're not going to get. And then when he does stuff like he did last night and, and you start talking about he can add and maybe he can join that category of Rockies pitcher in history. But for, for people thinking – that doesn't make any sense. He can't be. He's already closer to those guys than you might think. Yeah, and, and the other thing I really like uh, that's so important, the you know, the line about, um, you know, the greatest abilities, availability. In the case of Herman, in the case of 
Antonio, who we're talking about, Senzatella. Uh, I'm not saying they haven't missed. Well, you know, Herman never misses, it seems like. But um, they they are they're built well. I mean, knock on wood, they they answer the bell every fifth day, and they have kept that rotation intact now going on what is it four years running basically more or less and that's why again we've had this discussion the three of us before and and i've done it on my deal uh as well it it gives you legitimate hope for next year if you can add a couple of pieces because the strength of the team is the rotation and part of that strength it has been again i knock on wood has been their durability yeah they, uh, so th- this is the other stat that I want to throw. I, I just tweeted this before uh, we came on here from the DMVR Rockies account. But since May 12th, here are the teams that have won series at Coors Field. The Rockies have won nine of them. The Dodgers have won a series at Coors Field. And the Oakland A's have won a series at Coors Field. That's a good one. Since yeah. what, what is that? Since mid-May or late May? May twelfth. Yeah. May 12th. So there was a series right before that. They split with um, Cincinnati. Uh, do I still have the schedule up here? Yeah. So they split the four four game set with uh, Cincinnati. They, and before that, you only have to add San Diego got them once, the Giants got them once, and then the Dodgers have another one. The opening series. So that's it this year. They lost to the Dodgers twice at Coors Field. San Francisco, San Diego, and Oakland. But those were all early in the year. It's only Oakland and L.A. that have gotten them since the middle of May. I did they have little... not been swept at home. The Rockies yeah. have not been swept at home. No, it's, it's, um, it's been a that, – that's why we love baseball. Because, you know, next year the three of us will be chatting and there will be some other weird thing that, that is a continuing trend. And you go, well, boy, would you have ever thought that, Right. Right. Um, and and one of the strange things about this season clearly is this is a dominant not not just hey they're pretty they're much better at home or they're pretty decent at home no they've been dominant at home the record suggests that it's 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 the Dodgers the Giants and the uh, Colorado Rockies the best record in baseball in their own ballpark and on the road you know it's it's been miserable it's been tough. Um, it's been better. I'll say this. It's been better. But, um, yeah, it, every year, you know, produces different storylines. It's one of the reasons why I went out on a, a little bit of a limb for this weekend and actually thought that the Rockies would win three games against Atlanta because every four-game series that they've had, and I mentioned a couple of times in the pod, so I'll keep it brief, of every four-game series that they've had this season – they've improved, right? They only won one against the Dodgers. Uh, and then from there, they took, they split with the Reds, but they played really well. They just blew those games. Brewers took two out of four, played better, didn't blow the games, but, you know, uh, di- didn't look as bad, so to speak. Against the the Cardinals, they played really well. And um, we're kind of just seeing, again, this general progression of them getting better and, and stronger and kind of learning because they've got a very inexperienced team. They got some great leaders on the club, but they're inexperienced. And I think as the season goes along, they're learning from their mistakes. And we're seeing it because of the improvement on the road. And it actually has translated to a slightly better record. And we're seeing a continued dominance at home. So I said, you know what? I don't know how they're going to do it exactly. 
And I don't know how they're going to do it against this first place Atlanta team that is surging and has six different players that have hit 20 or more home runs in their lineup. And that's not even including Jock Peterson with 16. They think they're going to take three out of four just because, you know what, there's some things we just can't explain, but they've been very consistent. The Rockies dominating at home. Yeah, it's um... – it, it's it's been fun. I, I tell you what, I was really excited as you were, as both you guys were, with uh, this whole homestand because you're facing a, a really good Braves team, a, a Braves team that's been coming together. I know they had a, a little bit of a rough ride coming in, but they're playing really good teams. And then you had, you know, have, I shouldn't say had, you have the, the Giants coming in after they're playing a, a huge, you know, backyard brawl with the Dodgers. I watched the end of that game. And went I was going to say, what an end to a ball game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Trey Oof. Turner with, you know, has a, basically a, a routine play and he, and he fires a little bit high and uh, that ends up being the difference uh, in the baseball game as the Giants prevail. But uh, I, I was really looking forward to this homestand because two good teams and though the Rockies don't fall in the classification of either of those teams yet, at home, they do. And listen, Brian Snicker said it when they arrived. He said, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. Yeah. He goes, the Rockies are really good at home. It's going to be tough. And believe me, Gabe Kapler knows that with the Giants. So it's, it's been fun so far, two one-run games as we chat today. And uh, I look for, for more really good baseball uh, over the next several days. It's going to be fun. Yeah, our uh, our GM down at the DNVR bar. I'm gonna out him a little bit here, Darren. He's a uh, he's a Philly guy. He's he's a Philly sport. I mean, he's pulling for all our Colorado sports because well, he has to now. Uh, but but he's a, he's a big Phillies guy, and you know the Phillies are on the schedule, but the Rockies are going there. So we were kind of talking about it, and they're getting back into it. He was saying, "Oh man, you guys are playing better." I'm a little worried, but thank God we got you in Philly because if we had to come here, we get we get creamed. We we can't compete with the Rockies at home right now. Cause he watches, you know, we've got at the bar, everything's on. He's, yeah. He sees it all. And he goes, he goes out to Coors Field and goes, they can't, they're so good here. <laughs> like, yeah. They're good. And, and we'll see, you know, the month of September is always a, a crapshoot and the Rockies rotation. We we're just talking about it is, has stayed intact. And I think you're going to see something happen going forward. That's uh, twofold in nature. One, you're going to see Buddy back off his main guys because, you know, the Rockies aren't a playoff team and there's no point in, in having the Herman Marcuses of the world and the Sensatellas and the Freelands throw a million bullets in the month of September. Get everybody a little bit of work. Um, let them go into the offseason healthy. They're coming off a year in which it was an abbreviated season. There's been much written and spoken about that. And so you want to avoid injury and there's no point in, in continuing to, to beat up on those arms. So you're going to see other guys get an opportunity and um, you're going to see, uh, I think tomorrow, a guy make a major, uh, his major league debut on the mound. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so um, that will be, I think, also a continuing theme through the month of September. So we'll see with, uh, you know, some of these other guys getting opportunities, how it plays out in terms of the one loss column at home, where, again, as we've been talking about, the Rockies have been outstanding. That's an excellent little tease there. Uh, I, and, you know, I do. And I do have to I have to ask this because well, we didn't have you on the pod this time last year and 2020 was just a blur. As a guy who calls these games and knows what it's like when there's 
you know, 15 pitching changes and all these double switches. How do you feel about that, about the new 28 man roster versus saying, Hey, you can have just about any and everybody on the 40 man roster. Is that, is that a good number? Would you like it to see it expand? Because here for the Rockies, you only have so much room to maybe, you know, get some of these younger players and, uh, and, and have those debuts to see what you've got to rest some of the veterans. Would you like to see that number in, increase to, to 30 or you think 28 might be about right during this time? Oh, I, I will say this. I certainly wouldn't want it beyond 30. Um, I, I like where it is now because there's some teams that would have, you know, 40 guys in the dugout. And I'll tell you this much, the players, the veteran players don't really like that. Um, th there's so many uh, ways one could go with this topic. And, you know, from a player standpoint, especially if you're in it, all of a sudden, you know, there's less room to move around. I know that sounds kind of, you know, really, is that a big deal? But yeah, you know, sometimes you, you get used to your routine and then the clubhouse is more populated there. And, and so I, I know some veteran guys that, you know, why are we bringing all these guys up? This, these guys aren't going to play. We're in contention, that sort of thing. Um, I do understand it from a young player standpoint and a developmental standpoint. You get a guy um, who's now around the big leagues. He gets a feel for big league travel, big league clubhouse, big league ball games, you know, how to act, how to respond. And then when they get their opportunity, even if they're few and far between, at least they're getting their feet wet. So I understand you know, both sides of it. Now, from from my standpoint, not just as a broadcaster, but as somebody that, like you guys, watches the game exceptionally closely, um, I, I think that it's the only sport where you play under one set of rules for five months, and then in the most important month, arguably, of the year, you're going to play under a different set of rules. Yeah. Should it not be even in the postseason, guys? You know, when when there's multiple days off, did did you not get to where you are? Maybe because you had greater depth than um, the next best opponent, and then that depth is thrown aside because the fourth and fifth guy in the rotation, well, they're not going to really pitch because there's no need to. There's enough off days that we only need three guys uh, in the rotation. Same thing is oh, okay. So you brought up. You know, you, the, the 36th guy on your bench, you know, is Usain Bolt. So we're going to have a pinch run. Of it right. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be in the in the big league. So right. I do have a little bit of an issue. And that's why I, um, to Patrick's original question, I do like that it's, it's two extra bodies. It's not 10 extra bodies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I think I'm there. I, I do think I'd like to see it go up to 30 just because I feel like, you could get a like two extra guys doesn't feel like very, it's like you get a bat, you get an arm, maybe, maybe you get two arms, you know, uh, even just kind of, we were talking about the Rockies situation this year. And I can see a guy like, like you were, you went through all the, you know, possible positives. And I sort of talked about Ryan Belade or Colton Welker, these guys who are maybe not quite ready to jump in and contribute, but are certainly on the doorstep could use the experience of maybe just being around, seeing what it's like. They're really going to be competing for jobs next year. Uh, and there may not be room for those guys under the current system because, you know, uh, you, you've only got the two and, and I think they're probably going to go with arms uh, and, and it's the better way to go. Where I think if you had those extra couple of spots, 
that'd be nice. But yeah, I, I definitely prefer this to the, I'm with you there to the 40 was just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, true Patrick, I, I do think um, that the other end of getting guys to the big leagues and, and seeing what you have will be addressed in this upcoming CBA where instead of manipulating service time in that first month, so you, you keep, um, players from from gaining arbitration uh, a year early, that's going to be addressed, and, and it should be. So uh, there's going to be some uniformity, I'm guessing, uh, to that, in that, you know, that's fine. It, it, you know, a kid can start on April 1st, and it's not going to affect when he becomes arbitration eligible. And certainly from the Player Association standpoint, they want guys, you know, making larger uh, buckets of money sooner. So that that will be an issue that will be, I would assume, uh, you know, heavily debated behind closed doors, and, and there'll be some sort of resolution. Hope so. I'll, in fact, I'll maybe even bet on there will be some sort of resolution, and I'll take that bet to DraftKings. Damn it, I'm going straight there. I'm putting down my money on DraftKings Sportsbook. They're going to be. Uh, there's going to be a lot. I wish you could kind of bet on like what's going to be in the next. CBA because somebody asked me on Twitter the other day about universal DH because we were talking about what the Rockies are going to do next year. I said, I think Chuck becomes your DH. So I'm looking at free agent outfielders. And I said, you really think that's going to happen? I said, yeah, if I get through this, I'm not so sure about the DH coming. To that's the like, it's like minus 700. Like yeah. you got to bet a lot to win a little yes, bit. Uh, it should be coming. About as sure of that one as it can be. So if you're sure of things in the future, or again, about as sure as you can be, definitely hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes you can even make some extra bit of money. I mean, uh, if you're really good at it, lots of times, presumably. Uh, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, don't forget that if you're looking for work, you could not do better than our friends at Ball Corporation. You know them, you love them, you've seen all the great work they've been doing in the Colorado community for years. You've seen that they just got the naming rights to where the Avs and Nuggets play now out there at Ball Arena. But if you're looking for some work, man, are they just the best possible option, no matter who you are, whether you're excited that they're supported by groups like the Society of Women Engineers, or uh, you just wanna work in a beautiful place. Maybe you care a great deal about the environment fact that the human rights campaign has given them a corporate equality index score of 100%. Maybe you just want to make really good money and have all kinds of fair opportunities for advancement. Well, this all adds together at basically you got to text golden to 77222 right now. You'll get linked to open positions out there at their plant. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. It's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. Uh, Mark asking any chance Welker gets a taste. Again, and again, I, I I hope so. I'd like to, you know, we'll see some of these guys. We're going to find out here pretty soon what the Rockies are going to do. I'm going to presume extra spots are going to arms for now. 
uh, for all the reasons Goody was talking about earlier. Uh, you need to keep those arms fresh. They've also had more guys who are a little more dinged up either in the rotation or in the bullpen where their position players right now are, are, are pretty healthy. And you can even argue, you know, you're still looking for ways to get Hampson and Hilliard and those guys in there. True statement on Hampson and Hilliard, but Connor Joe pulled his hamstring last night. Oh, right, 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 which totally sucks, obviously. I, it's not, it I, sucks because I was enjoying his at-bats as everybody else was, uh, maybe more than anyone's. And going forward, there have to be more players in the lineup that have Connor Joe's approach, which is a Dodger-like approach, with results, not just – you know, swinging at strikes and letting balls pass and, and and taking your walks, but you know he's impacting the baseball when he takes swings, and uh, you know he he's been one of the great revelations for the Rockies in in twenty twenty one, and I would argue one of the better stories in all of baseball. But we all know back of the leg injury is not going to heal overnight. Um, I, I have no, we'll learn more today, but I would be, you know, I'm I'm hopefully plays again this year, but if he didn't, I mean that goes along with you know, hamstring and calf injuries. So we'll see. It may open yeah. up an opportunity for uh, a couple of the aforementioned or one of the aforementioned uh, players. Yeah, but he said it was probably in that timeline. He didn't think last night, at least, it was a season ender. You, you but it looks like it could be. Uh, you don't know. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll have a better idea today. We, fingers ask, crossed. We know what we hope, right? Let me ask you a question. When, uh, when, why am I doing a blank? Who's the Oh, Joe Madden. When Joe Madden was asked about Mike Trout in May, they said, "Well, it's not a good one, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a little bit, right?" Yeah. Right. On September fourth, Joe Madden thought Mike Trout wasn't going to be in his lineup because of the same injury, yeah. and it would not have played since then, and won't play again in twenty twenty one. With a calf strain, those back—they're no joke, man. They're no joke. I think I just blanked it out because I was in denial and didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Because the Connor Joe story has been so good this year, and that—that that really does suck. So you—you you just got to get him healthy, and, and like you said, back for next year. But yeah, that could open up some opportunities for some other guys trying to prove themselves, and and we'll find out. Um, yeah, and obviously, I mean, we all agree about the at-bats. I sent out a tweet yesterday asking people, you know, just take a take a current Rockies hitter in the situation. It's the bottom of the ninth. Rocky, I think I said tied game. Runners at second and third, one out. Who do you want at the plate? And Connor Joe was as popular an answer as anybody right now. A lot of Charlie, uh, you know, a lot of C.J. Crone because he was just player of the month. <laughs> it's like hard to, hard to not take C.J. Crone right this instant. But a lot of people are just saying, I I just got to get one run in right here. I just need somebody to not have a bat at bat, basically. Taking Connor Joe in a heartbeat. Legitimately. And yeah. not legitimately. And he may be number one. Charlie, you know, was two for 25. He hit the grand slam. He had a, ended up having a good ball game, clearly. And then last night he had a nice ball game. You know, you're, he's always going to give you a professional at bat, so that's never a poor choice. I like Brendan Rodgers. You can't, you know, CJ's had, you know, a great second half, obviously in otherworldly August. But Connor Joe at bat to at bat, it's not. Yeah, most of them are pretty good, man. No, all of them are good. They yeah. all result in a hit. He punches out a little bit. I mean, not a lot, but you know, that's baseball. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you, mm -hmm. Connor Joe. 
I'm and still right taking now, Mamos Mafia, but everyone knows I'm biased. <laughs> taking who? I'm putting I'm putting tap tap to roll one over to second base and tie the ball game. I got a 90% confidence that Ryan Altavia can put the ball in play. Yeah, so can put ball, in yeah in that situation <laughs> where there's less than two outs and a runner at third. Yeah. yeah. You know, tap's gonna put it in play. But at least in terms, you know, in terms of a more impactful type of at bat, I you know, not not nothing uh Ronnell, but I would take Connor Jeff. And right right now I, I have a lot of confidence in Elias Diaz also I'd, I'd probably throw him in just just underneath that tier but to your point Drew uh Kreisman, you know if Dan Ugla is the second baseman in this scenario that you're making up I'm now I'm putting Toppy at the top of my list to, <laughs> to roll one over to second base so I roll one over baby. the name comes in my head because the one thing I love doing in the press box is looking down and Goody I don't know if you do this but looking all the different jerseys that come out to the ballpark and trying to find like the most obscure one and so we see some yeah. smalls for Atlanta fans. I saw an ugly one for Atlanta last night. I go, okay, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. I I don't um I don't unfortunately have the luxury of doing that, but that's a great one. And we should do a little thing when I'm on with you guys. I'll I'll ask you. I'll go. All right, give me what's the most obscure jersey of the week? Would you see this week? Yeah. So yeah. Dan Ugla is a nice one, man. I love that. In fact, I'm going to remind me to ask you each week. I say, all right, Patrick, what do we got, man? Most obscure jersey. I do it's love it. when it's a player that the you forgot. The only time I see it is if somebody, it, you know, is if our crew, you know, our we director cuts to one. Oh, go, oh wow, there's a, um, you know, Jim Hickman jersey, you know, Chicago Cubs jersey. And you're like, whoa. That takes you back a little bit. But I did did see a Jason Giambi jersey. It was a white one too, so I thought that was nice. That's a good right. uh, deep cut. That's kind of rare. And then I did see two uh, Gilbreth jerseys subsequently at the end of the game, and they met with Lucas. So I, I think that's family. But I'm gonna count it. I, I'm gonna count it. Count it. The best the best one I saw this year. It was after. I want to say it was after opening day. I went to grab a uh, a bite in Lodo um, with a couple of my boys, and I see three people in in a Sheffield. I mean, full on jersey, like. And I'm like, okay, there's no way that they're selling at the dugout store yet. Jordan Sheffield jerseys. The guy's been a you know Rocky for like like eight seconds. Yeah, and so you know what it is. It's the family, and I yes. went over there, and, you know, chatted with them, and it was a super nice family, great family, good baseball family, um, obviously. Um, but yeah, they they were in town to watch one of you know the parents were there, and an uncle was there, and you know, little brother was there, and so it was pretty neat. But I was like, damn, they got Jordan Sheffield jerseys already. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, since we're we're sort of rubbing up against baseball history and 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 fun uh, facts and and talking all of that, it is the 28th anniversary, Goody, of the no hitter, maybe the unlikeliest no hitter in Major League Baseball history, because it was thrown by a man who was born without a right hand, the uh, one and only Jim Abbott. Uh, that, that was today, huh? Yeah. So uh, what do you, what do you when you think of that and and do you think of that moment or the career when when you hear the name Jib Abbott what are just the 
Well, well, first of all, my my initial thought is I have the Wolverines um, up 27 to 7 against Western Michigan on television right now. And, uh, you know, Jim Abbott was uh, was a Michigan man. Right. Team, Team USA baseball as well. Right. He was great. He obviously got to the big league, so we know he he was great. But um, what he did was remarkable defensively, and he had a great left arm. I mean, he was he was really good. This was, you know, there's a lot of guys. You guys know the history so well, and there there have been a lot of guys that you know fate was in their hip pocket on a given day, and some obscure or journeyman type pitchers through a no hitter. I, and you can go down that list of the, all the all time, no hitters. And you go, Oh, well, there's a hall of famer. Boy, I remember him. He was really good. Boy, I never heard of him. Don't remember him. Oh yeah. Vaguely remember him. In the case of Jim Abbott, Jim Abbott to me does not fall into the class of journeyman where, you know, the baseball gods smiled on him one day. He had legit top shelf stuff. And so you could see him twirling as he did, a no hitter. What makes it such a beautiful story is, you know, you know, he has to flip his glove on to his left hand immediately after he delivers it. And we know how scary that position is defensively. You know, even last night, remember there was a line drive. I think it was last night, right? There was a line drive through the box that um, yeah. you know, the pitcher had to duck and get out of the way. So, um, uh, I think it was Noah, right? Yeah, it was Noah had to duck. Anyhow, that that's a, a that was a great day, and and for those that don't know in your audience, do a little homework on Jim Abbott and maybe look up some old video of Jim Abbott and how he got the glove so quickly. The transition he made, really remarkable. Yeah, it's almost surprising that he isn't more prominent in, you know, it's just sports culture in America as as this symbol of you know, perseverance and, and figuring out to, how, to, how to do something, as you said, that transition to put the glove on the left hand. And then when he would feel the ball, he would still be able to get it over to first base with relative ease. And if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't, you might not even notice it, right? Yeah. He did have two career-based hits with the Milwaukee I was going to say, that, you gotta that, love that blows my mind as much as throwing the no-hitters. A guy getting three ribbies, guy throwing out yeah. RBI hits with one hand. Yeah, and I'll uh, say this that I've never mentioned: I was actually at the game the day before. Really, the day before, which means nothing. Your timing, yes. Patrick. <laughs> I got to know you over the last several years is impeccable. Amazing. One day off. One day. Yeah. Jim, Jim Abbott uh, finished third in Cy Young voting in 1991. He pitched 243 innings. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Uh, with a 289 ERA, you could argue he was even better the next year in 1992 where he didn't receive any Cy Young votes. I'm not sure what was going on in 92. Uh, well, he had a bad record. Mm, it was a win. He was only 7 and 15, but he had a 277 ERA, a 143 ERA plus. 211 innings pitched, a career ERA over 10 years of 425. Yeah, and look, as you said, look at some of his, um, you know, top years, 277, sub-3 ERA. Come on, that's great stuff. Uh, by the so, way, because I want to give I want to give more uh, shit to Patrick's here. So um, you, you know also that he was 
in the um, uh, convenience store the day after somebody won like $150 million, one of those, uh, yeah. you know, Get the next lottery ticket. He's getting the ne the next one. Yeah. In my book, that was the biggest uh, piece of information you've shared today. Not not, <laughs> not someone making their debut. Yeah. It was that. Wow, that I'm not going to forget that story. Yeah, well played. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. What a career should be talked about more. I, I assume there's a documentary out there. I don't know if there's a great, big, widely celebrated, well known one, and there should be. I don't know who, who I'm. Someone make a Jim Abbott documentary, please. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Maybe maybe there is, and we missed it. I mean, there's so much stuff out there in the universe now. But if there is not, to your point, um, what a what a wonderful story. What's he doing now? Do you have his like Wikipedia page up? Yeah, or I got Baseball Reference up. So oh, yeah, what is he doing these days? Yeah. He's 53. He's, that's all I got. <laughs> He's drafted in the 36th round by the Toronto Blue Jays in the 1985 MLB draft. That was out of high school, right? Yeah. What was he drafted out of Michigan? He was the first. Uh, he goes to Michigan, and then he drafted by the California Angels in the first round with the eighth overall pick. So yeah. yeah. Think um, about yeah. think about think about their draft room, fellas. I mean, that's the eighth pick in the draft. And they go, all right, you know what? This guy's so dominant. Yeah, we, we've been watching, and we know he has one one hand, but I'm all in, right? Yeah. Talk about, yeah. And it worked out. And it worked out. Worked out well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a motivational speaker. I, I can vaguely remember okay. hearing something about that. And okay, uh, I mean, that that's a fantastic speech. I, I think all of us would love to hear for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. I feel motivated already. Yeah. <laughs> I feel motivated to track him down and uh, see if you know we can we can get him on a podcast, right? That'd be fun. Right. We got to do it. He's he's got to be. I mean, because yeah, it really it really is, and it's not just the no hitter. That's why I'm glad we took a little extra time today because I think people go, oh yeah, a guy with with one hand threw a no hitter. What an interesting footnote in the history of baseball. And it's like no, a guy who was born without one of his hands had an extraordinary major league baseball career, right? <laughs> like, Hey, did, did speaking of guys with with handicaps, did did Mordecai three finger Brown throw a no hitter back in the first part of the twentieth century? You would think so that's so much. Increasement, eyes watered over. Got so excited um, that you could share that mm -hmm. next week. I've heard that name before. I'm sure it was on the Ken Burns documentary. Are you, refer are you referring to Mordecai Centennial Brown? That was his middle name. Don't forget, as he was born in 1876. I did. I did not know that. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I think I think he was uh, he was born, I believe, with with all five fingers. Um, actually, I think I think he might have been born with almost like four and a half, and then he lost one in like a wood chipper, and so that's. That's kind of where he, where he was. I would think he he probably did throw uh, a no hitter during his time, but yeah, three finger Brown is, uh, yeah. is another good one. Pete Gray, he's another one. He uh, during World War II uh, was was a one armed uh, outfielder, outfielder, I believe, for the St. Louis Browns. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot yeah. a lot of ball players who have persevered over over time, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what brings the next generation of of ball players because I think. Uh, there's definitely there's been been a groundswell in the last few years of creating a lot more opportunities for a lot more people 
uh, a lot more races and a lot other genders too to play baseball. I, I think it's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing, and I think that's maybe one of the places where you know baseball can can grow and, and have an opportunity to see you know uh, some some growth and some more diversity in the game. Absolutely, well put. I'm looking at Mordecai, Three Finger Brown. But uh, anyhow. All right, let's uh, wrap this one up with some final thoughts on the homestand here. Rocky's playing well. Oh, I I should know who's pitching and stuff. Let me bring it up really fast. We got Marquez v. Anderson tonight. It'll be Gomber v. Morton in – Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) It's listed as Gomber v. Morton, though we've heard – Potentially other things have been floated on this here very show. Uh, and then they're off. Well, not off. They're, they're staying. San Francisco comes to town. I had uh, the split here with Atlanta and the Rockies beating the Giants. Uh, I, I think Patrick had it the other way around with three wins against uh, Atlanta and one against the Giants. Um, but, Goody, just for the rest of this homestand, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to continually watching good baseball as we've watched the first two games of this series. I mean, Atlanta's a fun team to watch, man. They got thump up and down that lineup, one of the most powerful lineups in baseball. They made, um, uh, again, as you guys know, a lot of changes um, around the uh, trade deadline. I mean, all, Jock Peterson's there, and the Rockies have thrown you know two right-handers, and he just has one pinch-hitting appearance. That's how, how deep they are. You know, Austin Riley's a name that a lot of people probably didn't know, and they're finding out, wow, look at this guy's stats. I mean, they they literally had MVP candidates in Acuna, who, you know, has the ACL injury, and they hope to have him back by the beginning of next year. Freddie Freeman, who's put together an MVP season after his tough start. Um, you got a great young, you know, player in Ozzie Albies. But you have another MVP candidate in Austin Riley. So it's fun watching um, the Rockies compete against the Braves. And the same thing, man, when the Giants roll to town. What a year they've had. And they're in the – I mean, every game counts. It's not – I said this on the air. It's not like, okay, you're playing the White Sox and they can, you know, give everybody a couple of days off if they want because they're so far out in front. Um, or Milwaukee, they're so far out in front it doesn't it doesn't matter in, in, the, in the NL Central. But – with these teams that are coming in, man, they're, they're huge games every night, and it makes for a good atmosphere. Plus, I love watching good games, period. I like watching good talent, right? Yeah. That's what we've been getting out of the Rockies at home and whoever they've been playing. I like this comment from Mark. If they're going to lose, I prefer they do it to the Giants just so they can help in the fight against the Dodgers. <laughs> you got to love Rockies fans, man. That's that's solid logic, Mark. I can't argue with that. Uh I, I Although still, we're not going to win them all. Huh? I, I still think uh, – uh, I, I think the Dodgers will end up winning that division got it. three or four games. I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. And it's too bad because the Giants have had such a fun year. But, yeah. but you never know. Why you? Yeah. Hey, hey, here's one for you guys. Uh, I'll leave you with this one. It's why you play the games. Mm. How about that? There it is. They don't play them on paper. Did I did I originate that line? Can I take I think that for that? Should trademark that. It's good. Some people do play the game on paper, though, Drew. Believe it or not, that's that's <laughs> yeah. how they decide who wins the World Series or not. But uh, uh, yeah, they've got it figured out. The rest of us will watch the baseball games. We know all you out there are going to be doing that, watching on AT and T Sportsnet tonight. Don't forget to go and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast. Now that this show is over, go and listen to that on your 
uh, podcast app that you're you got going on but make sure you're watching these baseball games because as we've said they've been great you can chat with us on social media all about them at patrick d lions at drew creaseman at drew goodman 42 you can subscribe to the dnvr.com and then get access to our discord channel so we're always talking baseball 24 7 also anything and everything else under the sun and we'll send you a free shirt you know how the whole situation goes at this point other than that, we can only thank you all for listening to this episode and continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Drew Goodman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.